blessings better blessings in the name of Jesus Christ sons of God I welcome you to this time in God's presence I pray that the Holy Spirit opens our hearts to receive all that he has on here for us what I have here today the Lord has placed a very strong burden in my heart all day to find time to share this message with these people honestly i felt a very strong burden maybe because this message is even more personal for me but i believe that it will bless a lot of people many of these messages always come as a type of deliverance and i believe that god wants his perfect will to be done in our lives in this season. So we bless the name of the Lord together. The title of this teaching is The Perfect Will of God. The Perfect Will of God. Genesis 2 from verse 18. Genesis 2 from verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field but for Adam there was not found an helpmate for him and the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the fresh closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto him and Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man This teaching is a deliverance for many people. It was a deliverance for myself after spending a lot of time meditating on this part of scripture all day. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your love. I bless your name, O oh God. Amen. Look at how this scripture starts off with and and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone and is a continuation of something that was happening and is a continuation of a story and is a continuation of a scene that was playing in the background adam what were you doing that made god to see a need for a helpmate adam what were you doing 
that made God to see a need for a helpmate. That made God to look down on you and say, Ah, it's not good that man should be alone. God created Adam unto himself alone. This is a fact. God made man unto himself. We never see a need for a helpmate until God looks on Adam's countenance and sees that his soul is troubled. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Adam is lonely in the midst of all the creations and the creatures that God made. Do you know that there are three ways that we pray essentially? The first, we pray by our words. When you mumble words, Lord, I need this, I need that. The second one or the second method of how we pray or the second way we pray is with our thoughts and our meditations. When we ponder on the things that we need, we do that a lot. We don't, do, we don't just know that many times when we truly desire a thing, our mind continues to hammer on it and to ponder on it. So those thoughts and meditations send vibrations into the realms of the spirit. And the last one is by the spirit. We pray by the spirit. We pray by speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. Our thoughts and our desires are heard by God the most. Our thoughts and our desires are heard by God the most. Many times when we even pray with words, the heart that follows whatever you're praying about is very important because you can't be asking God for a fan and then your heart is asking for a book. That kind of prayer is essentially a waste of time. So, Many of the prayers that we pray that really make meaning in the realms of the spirit are prayers that come from the heart. Adam was sending a frequency into the realms of the spirit. Suddenly God saw a need for man to have a helpmate. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. When we read scripture, we think God only brought the animals to Adam to name. If you look at the verses that continue after 18, it says that, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and God brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever Adam called every living creature that was the name thereof why did God bring them to Adam to see what Adam would call them why was God so interested in seeing what Adam would call them God brought the animals to Adam not because of just naming them God was doing more than naming the creatures through Adam. God brought an array of the creatures to Adam to see if any of the creatures he made will be pleasing or suitable, if it will be a suitable answer to Adam's desires and prayers. 
If you look at verse 23 of this scripture, you see that after God took the rib of man and then formed woman, he brought her to him exactly how he had brought the other animals or creatures to Adam. So Adam can decide if this was what he wanted. Now look at Adam's response to God bringing what he had formed from his rib to him. And Adam said, This is the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now look at Adam naming what God brought out of him again. So in naming these creatures was more than just attaching a name to what God had made. Adam had an expectation of what he wanted because a part of him was praying for a helpmeet. So God looked on man and said, "Mm, it's not good. It is not good that man be alone. This was out of God's love. He looked down on man and said, "Ah, it's not good that man be alone. Something is wrong with Adam. Adam was made for me alone, but I see a desire in Adam. Adam is sending a frequency through the realms of the spirit. And I see that it's a need for a helpmeet. So God looked down on Adam and said, no, it's not good that man be alone. Romans 12, 1 to 2. It says, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I want you to see the B part of verse 2. It says, That ye may prove what is the good an acceptable and perfect will of God. So there is the good will of God. We know that for a fact. There is the acceptable will of God. And there is also the perfect will of God. Let me take that again. I said that there is the good will of God. There is the acceptable will of God. And there's also the perfect will of God. Hmm. It is not good that man be alone. It is not good that man be alone. Be careful of the good will of God. Be careful of the good will of God. Be careful of the acceptable will of God. <laughs> be careful of both the good will of God and the acceptable will of God. I've realized that it is our desires and frequency of continuous prayers on a matter that makes the Lord look on us in his mercies. And many times the answers to such prayers is God always permitting his good will, an acceptable will. Now let me take that again so you hear me clearly. I said I've realized that it is our desires and the frequencies that we send into the realms of the spirit, our own desires, our innate desires, those desires inside of us, like Adam was desiring a helpmate, 
are continuous prayers in line with those desires that makes God to look down on us many times and permit his good will and his acceptable will. Adam, you never knew you couldn't control the good will of God. You cannot control the good will of God. You cannot control the future of the good will of God. It is not perfect. You heard me. I said that the good will of God is not perfect. It's not God's perfect decision for your life. The good will of God is not God's perfect will for your life. Even the acceptable will isn't God's perfect will for your life. It was your desires and deep heartfelt meditations that made the Lord put you to sleep to please you. So he brought the animals to you. But your expectations were fixed on your desire. Do you know it's the little mistakes that give back to the big ones? Or it's the little mistakes that give back to the greatest ones? Many times we just overlook the tiny itty bitty mistakes and focus on the big ones. But we do not realize that the error starts from the little tiny itty bitty choices. Adam only wanted a woman which didn't look like a bad thing. But he didn't know that he was choosing God's good will above the perfect will of God. Now, woman came out of Adam, out of Adam's control. As long as woman remained inside of Adam, she continued to be subject to Adam's control. But the moment she stepped out of him, he lost control over her. She was in you before, but God brought her out to please you. God brought her out to please your desires, Adam. And we know how the story ends eventually. This teaching is not against women. In fact, underneath the institution of God, we are all called sons of God. And if you listen to one of my teachings called the spirit of things, you realize that we were all in Adam. Adam didn't just go there and eat of that fruit and fall. We were all in Adam. If we weren't in Adam, um, we would not be, we would not have been subject to the punishment that Adam had to go through. We we're all in Adam. The Bible says that uh, Abraham offered a seed or a tithe unto God and the Lord received it from Levi. Levi at that time had not been born. The Levites were the priests and the Levites were in the loins of Abraham. So how come God received a tithe from people who were not born? The Levites were in the loins of Abraham. So it shows you that the man hosts the spirits of all of the generations that will come from him, 
God already put that inside him. Let me try to break this down a little bit so that we can understand. When you, for example, um, take a tomato. When you cut that tomato, that tomato has seeds inside of it. The way God designs things is God always puts in it the ability to replenish itself so that he doesn't have to go to the be- to the beginning or to the bezel stage to recreate that tomato. He puts in that tomato the ability for it to reproduce itself. Another scripture to back up what I said. The Bible says we died in Christ and resurrected in him. So Jesus Christ being the second Adam brought life to, to us. So through Christ now we are alive. Everything that God has given to man, he puts inside of him. When God makes a thing, he designs a system of how this thing can be replenished by itself. God doesn't have to make it from the scratch again. So this teaching is not against women. We're all classified as sons of God. We're all in Adam. But I'm trying to show you that the woman will have never been created. That void in man will have never been created. If not for the desires of Adam. And God looked down on Adam and said, mm, It's not good that man be alone. The big question now is, What was God's perfect will before he let Adam have his good will? Because this goodwill has now left Adam with a void that only a woman could complete. Until Jesus Christ came to die for us. Because of the fall of man. And that began with just a little desire. A little desire. A little desire like kept on mounting up as vibrations or frequencies in the realms of the spirit. I'm going to ask this question now. Are you in God's will? Are you in God's good will? Are you in God's acceptable will? Or are you in God's perfect will? That relationship you're in, is it God's good will for you? Is it God's acceptable will for you or God's perfect will for you? That job you have, is it God's good will, God's acceptable will or God's perfect will for you? <laughs> this teaching came as a deliverance for myself that there are many things in people's lives that are only God's good and acceptable will because of God's love and mercy. He looked down on you and he saw, mm, my child is tired of waiting. Let me permit this good or acceptable will. You can't control the future of the good and the acceptable will. They are never perfect. They were never made perfect. There's a will called the perfect will of God. It's free of itches and hurt. Are you in God's good will, child of God? Hmm. 
are you in God's acceptable will? God never promised that his good will wouldn't have pains. Never promised you that his acceptable will will never give you pain. Because there's a perfect will of God. I want us to evaluate our lives. I've knelt sincerely asking the Spirit of God to give me things. And in his love, he supplied. He brought people to my life that I did not need in that season. Israel cried for a king. But God wanted to rule Israel. This was God's perfect will for Israel. Israel refused God's perfect will for God's good will. So God decided to give them Saul. God warned them. He said, Saul is my good will. He's not the perfect will for you. Hmm. He will make slaves or servants out of your sons and he will take your daughters for wives. He will make you work hard. This is my good will, not my perfect will. But Israel refused God's perfect will and insisted on the good will of God. When Israel saw how terrible the good will could be, then they cried to God for help. They saw that the good will of God was not perfect. So God decided to allow his acceptable will. David was anointed. And we see that from David's lineage, murder, adultery was born in the royal lineage for the first time. Solomon marries many women, lusts of all kinds, idols fill up the royal lineage. Before you know it, God is angry and Israel is divided. Why? Because men chose the goodwill of God out of the pressure of their present needs. I said earlier that I have prayed heartfelt prayers to God and God answered them, not because it was his perfect will, but because God is love. Out of his mercies many times, he permits his good will or the acceptable will if you are not able to wait for his perfect will. So sometimes God will allow his good will or his perfect or his um he will allow his good will or his acceptable will so that when you taste of the good will and the acceptable will and you see that is nothing like what the perfect will have been you will learn how to run back to him to ask for help many times at that moment you have people begin to ask god god why why did you let this happen to me why god why but i thought this job came from you oh god why am i going through these troubles at work i thought this relationship was from you god why is he acting like this to me why is she acting this way to me oh god why all these problems child of god were your desires in line with god's perfect will or was it just what you wanted out of pressure let me tell you another story 
a prophet walked up to Hezekiah with a prophecy that Hezekiah will die. But Hezekiah went on his knees in prayers. The prophet came back and gave him the prophecy of 15 years added by God. Hezekiah said, oh God, remember my service to you. Remember all of what I've done to please you. And God said, okay, you know what? This guy is saying the truth. Give him 15 years more. During these 15 years of Hezekiah's reign, let me tell you the things that happened. Hezekiah gave birth to a son called Manasseh, one of the terrible kings that Israel had. Terrible. You can read about him. Hezekiah even allowed strangers into the secret chambers of Israel to see all the spoils in Israel. All of the things were carted away by the enemy as a result of Hezekiah's decision. The Bible says that the prophet came and asked Hezekiah, what did you do? And he said, well, I, I showed the strangers, the, the visitors now that came into Israel, some of the things that we have in here. The Bible said there was nothing in Israel that he did not show these people. And these people were enemies of Israel. What did they do eventually? All came to Israel and they carted away with all. Bible says that Ezekiah was happy that those evil things will not happen in his time. Such a selfish king. He was okay with it happening in his children's dispensation or their lineage and not his. Hmm. Maybe if God's perfect will for Ezekiah to leave earth will have been the best thing for Israel. Of course, that will have been the best thing. God's desire for us is His perfect will. In these last days, I bet you to you, child of God, you cannot afford the good will or the acceptable will in any area of your life. Be it your affairs, <laughs> either maritally or even in purpose. A prayer that you should pray is to be in God's perfect will. God's perfect will is the best for your life. God's perfect will is the best place to be. Many times you go through pain in life. You go through pressures. And it makes you to desire things that are outside of God's perfect will. But we do not know that this pain and the pressure is the beginning of the birthing of fruits, of fruits. It's the beginning of the birthing of fruits. When you crush the olives, you do not pity the olives oh, because you want the oil. Maybe that example is too far away when you're sucking the juice of a fruit you don't spear the fruit you squeeze the life out of the fruit because you really desire the juice of the fruit when fruits are being birthed in a man you need to learn through patience and follow through
impatience. Nobody is ever handed fruits as a gift. You birth fruits. To give back to anything is tedious. The best place to be in life is in God's perfect will. You might be going through pain or pressures in life, but as long as you're in God's perfect will, it's the best place to be. If you're asking God for the fruit of patience, then you'll be tested with what will give you the fruit of patience. This is how fruits are birthed. I want to encourage you today to desire the perfect will more than anything because the perfect will of God is where we need to be in these last days. You cannot afford the good will or the acceptable will because you can never guarantee the future of these wills of God. They are not perfect. Seek for that which is perfect and your life will be full of joy. I pray for you, Bethel. I pray for you that God gives you the grace to stay in God. It takes a lot of courage to stick with God's perfect will. The Bible gives us examples in Hebrews of those who follow through with patience. The Bible actually makes mention of them and talks about their testimonies. The Bible mentions people like Abraham, Sarah, people like Noah, people like David. The Bible says that these ones, they obtained a report because they learned to follow through with patience. They had great faith in God. And we see what their lives were like because they stuck with God's perfect will. They didn't go for the good or the acceptable. Child of God, God is calling us for more. If you want more from God, it requires you to stand longer. It requires you to stand stronger. And you know, before this teaching started, the Lord placed in my heart that we do something different from every other teaching that we've done. I want us to ask in this moment, because I, I know that the Spirit of God is here. I want us to ask that God replaces everything that looks like the good and the acceptable will in our life for the perfect will of God. I think we can do that together. Let us just pray in the Spirit. Lord, I want your perfect will in my life. I want your perfect will, Lord, in my life, in every area, be it maritals, be it work, be it purpose, be it making whatever decision, Lord, your perfect will alone should stand. Oh, sweet Jesus, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, 
there's grace made available there's grace made available thank you jesus let your perfect will, Lord, be burned in my life. Your perfect will alone, Lord, let it stand. In a number of tests, you don't know what you're doing by praying these prayers. You're saving yourself from a lot of pain. <laughs> the good will and the acceptable will are not perfect. A number of tests, celebrato, shakalia, kabarakatas, ayandeladosh. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I bless your name, O oh God. Better I call you blessed in Jesus' name. I pray for more grace for you in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom. <laughs>